Hi, welcome back to DevCast. I'm John Janix, the Chief Technologist, and joining me today... I'm Adam D'Angelo, the Senior Director of Technology and Learning. Yeah, and we're going to talk a little bit about our cloud year in review, right? Fantastic. So 2019 was a pretty momentous year for cloud in government, right? So we had OMB release their, their well, we started seeing the first big movement in cloud smart, right? We started seeing agencies really lean into cloud uh, in, a, in a big way. But the most important thing, and I think this is the one we want to start the conversation off with, right, is Jedi. We're not talking about Anakin Skywalker here, are we, Adam? We are not, though we though we should. I think the movie comes out next Friday, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's right. We're recording this in December for those of you that are listening to us uh, either in January or December. I'm not sure when we're going to release this, but but yeah, exactly. So so Jedi isn't isn't just a movie. It's what is it? What is Jedi? What what does Jedi stand for? Uh oh man, what Joint Enterprise Defense Initiative or something like that? Okay. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is, but I do guess. know what it is. It's the good guys, right? So it's the light side of the force. So Jedi is supposed to be the cloud platform for the Department of Defense. That's right. And I believe that there was a recent Jedi award, right? That that happened. Right. And and I think it surprised a lot of people here inside the Beltway. Why is that, John? Yeah, so, so I guess, well, right. So there's two discussions here, right? So AWS... Uh, was for a long time kind of considered the leader, the pole position for this particular contract. There's been a lot of angst over this thing, right? So we spent the entire year kind of bound up in knots over it. First, it was it was it was Amazon, and everybody thought for sure Amazon was going to win it because Amazon had built data centers for the intelligence community, right? right. So when you drive onto Langley's campus, right, there's a building right there that uh, that's an Amazon building. They own that building. Well, I guess it probably. But, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a large and very significant uh, engagement between the intelligence community and Amazon right now, right today, right? So uh, it made a lot of sense. A lot of folks just expected this would be a, just a straight, no-nonsense award to Amazon who had built all this capacity. But it and turns out— And continues to increase their presence down here with HQ2 coming Oh yeah, for sure, well. right? So, so they're I'm sure that's not a coincidence in terms of their government uh, work, right? Yeah, they're so. they're buying out most of uh, Crystal City or Pentagon City, right? So it's going to be pretty phenomenal. Absolutely. And not only has their headquarters been declared, right, but you've got Virginia Tech that's decided they're going to build a new innovation center there. Uh, right downtown. So so you've got all this new stuff happening right there, right across the street from the big five-sided building. So funny and interesting coincidence, right? Huh. So who would have guessed it? Um, so for a long time, people thought Amazon was going to win it. And then Microsoft decided, oh, we're going to bid this too, right? And IBM and Oracle, right? But fairly early on, Oracle and IBM were both said, no, you can't deliver on this. You know, you just don't have the capability to do it. And so it became a neck and neck race between Microsoft and, and, uh, and Amazon, right? And what was really interesting is that from, in the, you know, after the initial award was made, uh, Nick Thompson over at Wired made a very interesting observation where he said, you know, it could be that Microsoft won this award because they felt, uh, the Pentagon being they, right, they felt that Microsoft was making the least amount of noise compared to what was 
happening in the field, right? They could get it done without making a lot of noise. Uh, and so it was really interesting to hear that coming from the editor in chief of Wired. Right. You would you wouldn't have expected somebody to be kind of that in tune with what was happening in a government contract, but this is a big deal, right? This is a ten billion dollar sole award contract, which means that the entire Department of Defense's cloud strategy is going to come down to this provider, right? Right, which is a questionable <laughs> decision or procurement activity to begin with, right? I mean, I, I think locking yourself into a singular provider isn't a problem the government made 30 years ago, and, and Big Blue is the answer to everything, right? So yeah. I, I was a little surprised to see um, a, a, a contract of this size yeah. getting awarded to one provider. Um, I think we have a lot of our customers who are already looking towards more hybrid cloud approaches, right? Uh, multi-cloud approaches. So this was a little shocking to me. Yeah, I think I think multi-cloud, you know, when, when you talk to corporate, we talk to my colleagues that live in the corporate sector, right? And then private sector, for sure, multi-cloud is the strategy, right? Nobody goes into these discussions thinking, I'm going to put all my chips on AWS, or I'm going to put all my chips on, on Microsoft, or I'm going to put all my chips on OVH, or take your pick of cloud providers, right? Um, you know, it's so, so from that perspective, it's really, really interesting to me that we end up with these conversations around what is the capability, who is providing it, and the government's decision to kind of go, well, we're only going to give this to one provider. Just fascinating to me. Now, it makes a little more sense when you realize that mill cloud is still a thing, mm -hmm. right? So the Defense Department is still building internal capacity. They're still trying to create their own cloud. And that, and that starts to make a little more sense in that, okay, so if we have an internal cloud and AWS, but we still have, we still have cloud options, right? We still have a multi-cloud environment. So maybe that could work, but, but mm -hmm. all, all together, I think it's, it's a super, super interesting discussion, right? So here's the real question I want to ask, right? And so everybody's focused on, on basically <laughs> the, the most recent article I read was, you know, Jeff Bezos versus Trump, who's going to win, right? So celebrity death match style. But the real question from my perspective isn't isn't that, you know, Microsoft or Amazon's gonna win the day on this one, but it's really more interestingly aligned to are big contracts agile. Mm. Right? If you're gonna put ten billion dollars on the table, that is a mind boggling amount of money that really doesn't say agile, does it? And so I want to, I always want to challenge folks when they, when they start talking about these big procurements, because it's like oftentimes, you know, DDS was one of the biggest sponsors of this procurement. And so let's talk agile for a second, right? So the question is, is a $10 billion procurement agile? That is a very difficult question to, to answer, John. Um, I don't think it's necessarily not Agile. I mean, I think we need to probably break it down and talk about what we're considering agile in terms of a contract mm -hmm. and, and does the size of it actually matter in terms of how you might deliver on that? Because um, I, I certainly think it could be agile. Um, it's, it's certainly putting a lot of money in one basket. Um, but wh why does that mean that you're, you're stuck doing something in a waterfall mentality, I guess? Yeah, right? that's, that, I mean, like for sure, right? Because as long as the as long as the idea of constant evolution, iteration, development over time, moving towards a target in the future, then and delivering value, right. Right, we can still call it agile. 
right? So we just need to, I guess we just need to make sure that as we move forward in these ways, whoever wins, whoever wins, Jenny, right? The last, the last news that we had as of the date of this recording, right? Amazon had filed a protest, the censored um, document, the redacted document of their protest had come out. Uh, and they were basically pointing fingers at, at um, incorrect technical analysis, incorrect pricing evaluations, all kinds of stuff, which is, which is another thing that's really interesting to me because, you know, again, there was a lot that was rolled into this contract, right? And so, you know, I, I think we're going to have to wait and see how this unfolds. There was some chatter today on, on some of the feats that I listened to about some concern that this may this may do more to damage the defense department's adoption of cloud than anything just because of all the noise that's being generated right and of course most managers don't want to be involved with controversial programs and so they're going to they're going to necessarily stray away from from that you know have have you seen when you've worked with government program managers do you think that they would be intimidated by this kind of a thing that, that it's just gotten so much publicity or do you think that they would, they would tend to be ambivalent to it? Sure. I think, you know, in my experience, I think they, they would be a little intimidated by it. Yeah. Um, you know, agile adoption here in the federal spaces, especially with some of our customers is relatively new. I mean, there were folks who said they were doing agile 10 years ago, but it didn't look very agile to me when I was delivering on those contracts and it's getting a lot better, but you know, I think, um, totally lost my just <laughs> like that. What was your question again? Uh, so we were talking about, um, government program managers being intimidated by Jedi. That's it. Yep. <clears throat> okay. We'll edit all that out, please. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I think they'll be intimidated. I mean, I've seen that countless times where we've tried to deliver um, kind of a, a change in technical direction, right? Yeah. Moving them away from a legacy piece of software. And there may be a number of instances in the past where that project has failed under their leadership or somebody else's in that agency or component, and they become immediately risk adverse to any change in direction, right? Um, my father always told me when, when I was you know, starting off in my career that nobody ever got fired back in the day for buying IBM, right? That, that was always kind of the line, right? You, could, you couldn't get fired for buying something that everybody else was buying. Sure, is it innovative at the time? Probably not really. But at the same time, your boss isn't going to question your decision-making for buying something that's so um, ubiquitous with the technology industry. Um, so yes, I actually think that Government IT project managers will definitely be shying away from uh, a program that is potentially, you know, loaded with with um, with with controversy. Uh, I, you you couldn't blame them. I think the government tends to be a safe space, especially when inside uh, the defense sector. So I could see that happening for yeah, sure. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so let's use that. I think this is a really good bridge into the next conversation topic, which is let's talk a little bit about what's happening in cloud, right? So, so Jedi was this big procurement. There was a lot of there was a lot of jockeying for position between the two bigs, right? Between AWS, between Microsoft, and just recently, reInvent happened, right? And they they announced a bunch of great stuff at reInvent, right? So, so I you know I think it's really interesting to me that. I, from my perspective, right, AWS continues to be a technology innovator and a technology leader in this space, right? You can look at their suite of services and for usability, for variety, for depth, 
they're just phenomenal, right? AWS continues to kind of wow the crowds with all kinds of amazing things. What what were you were you following the reinvent stuff? I had the chance to do a, a little bit of a follow along throughout the week. I, I was unfortunately unable to make it out there, but uh, you know, I think some of their artificial intelligence, machine learning offerings are some of the most interesting. I haven't had the chance to play with SageMaker Studio yet, but I can tell you, I'm absolutely excited to check that out and play with that and see how you can use some models that they already have, you know, built in in their library and apply those to data sets that you may already be running in the cloud today. Um, I think it's going to make the next step in using machine learning for some of our customers much easier than having to bring in your own data scientist, come up with your own custom models. This is going to be a lot more developer centric, developer friendly. So, um, I think the average developer is going to be able to be a little bit more hands-on with machine learning um, right out of the box, thanks to some of their tooling. Very cool stuff. Yeah, they've they've always done a really good job mm-hmm. of making the services accessible, right, within the builds. Because you know you can when at the uh, there was a recent conference I went to and they were showing fast builds, right, and you they were building chatbots in thirty seconds, just connecting a couple of different services, and so I think. You know, so I, I would say for like just a little brief uh, hint of 2020 predictions, I think we're going to see AWS continue to be a leader in this in this technology innovation space, right? I'm continually fascinated and, and encouraged by some of the really amazing things they're doing, even some of the stuff that's got kind of uh, interesting parallels, like the new Deep Racer stuff that they did this year with with AI based um, remote cars right little cars that people would put on tracks and they would drive themselves right and they were they were literally giving folks a, ch- a chance to test out their algorithms and learn about autonomous driving at the same time so that was pretty cool stuff yeah aws does a tremendous job of evolving their platform but frankly you know and more importantly they do probably a better job of selling their platform yeah they, they've spent a lot of time down here in the federal space um speaking with all the agencies, doing a very good job of selling them on their services, providing support for their services, and also to the development community. They offer some amazing hands-on training. Um, the tooling is easy to use, familiar. Um, it, it, it's top-notch. And also, I mean, don't, don't forget about all the great stories out there, right? You have companies like Netflix and Etsy and all these very large dot-com type of companies who have major success stories, speak at AWS reInvent, and you know could talk to you about scaling architecture, fault tolerance, all this great stuff. So uh, it gives you a lot of um, confidence in their platform, uh, more so than even Google Cloud or, or Microsoft Azure, for sure. Yeah, so so that's a really good spinoff point. So we talked, so AWS really has put a lot of time, money, and effort into making sure that people understand and can use their platform, right? So one of the other big things that we've seen looking back in the year in review, right? Google Cloud Platform has made a huge change in, in how they approach government this year. It's still very much kind of low key. You don't hear about it a lot, but there's there's they're making very strategic hires. They're bringing a lot of people on board. It's very obvious that they're they're getting ready to put a lot of money, time, and energy into into approaching this problem set. So um, it's they don't have a lot on the table right now. I think it would be interesting. What have what have you been seeing out of GCP, kind of, and maybe even just a little hint of what you would expect to see out of platform out of Google Cloud Platform going into twenty twenty. Sure, uh, I'm not sure I have any great predictions about where I think Google Cloud Platform is going, but uh, you know, I'll tell you that, you know, as we start, con- or as we continue to build out microservices and smaller um, service based components, and we need 
to dockerize them and deploy them, Kubernetes is becoming more and more the de facto solution for that. And I think if Google can figure out, okay, how do we make Kubernetes as a service very serviceable, um, they're going to wind up with something pretty magical over there. You know, so far, Red Hat's in with the, with OpenShift, and Amazon has their you know Kubernetes as a service EKS. Um, and, and frankly, neither of them are particularly easy to use. Um, we have uh, a number of tools that support around that, but um, I, I think Google probably can make some changes to Kubernetes and and make that a little bit more of a solid platform. And I think that might be one of their ways that they're able to really sell GCP, um, especially down here in the federal space. Yeah, that's a really good observation. I know, you know, when we talk about Google, especially in the, in the private sector, right, so much of what they've done ha has been leading, right? And when you look at Go and, and how they do a lot of the serverless stuff, right, they were doing serverless before Amazon had really even gotten their head wrapped around it, right, right. With, the, with how they did big compute and a lot of that stuff. So I think that there's, there's a lot of good stuff there that needs to be projected into the federal space, and they haven't figured out yet how to best do that. So I agree with you. I look forward to seeing it happen. I think I think seeing another big provider in the space would be a welcome addition. Yeah, Google, I mean, to the best of my knowledge, hasn't really spent a lot of time or resources down here selling the federal government. Um, and I don't know if that's something they just don't want to do. You know, if they're taking more of the stance of, hey, people will come because we're Google, you know, and, and they've done that with a lot of their product offerings, right? Early on, I mean, that's the, what Gmail was. It was invite only. They slowly rolled it out. Everything kind of starts as this extended beta with Google. They don't actually say our product's done, come and get it. And, you know, we'll sell you. It's a little bit more of a slow rollout. Um, it, you know, let's talk about something that's very agile, right? I also always think Google's very agile, right? They put a product out there in some iteration and, you know, they, they don't invite the masses in. They start slowly and then they continue to improve it, continue to improve it. Um, you know, look at uh, the kind of the, the Google Google Docs, Google Sheets, all those tools. I mean, they basically rival the Office suite, right? Oh, massive improvements over yeah. the past couple of years. I mean, even in, I mean, to the point now where I think if, if so I know like GSA uses Google um, Docs, right? And I know uh, USAID was using Google Docs for a long time. I don't know if they still are or not. I think they are. You know, so I, I think without a doubt, and especially when you look at parity, right? As far as how do we use office productivity software, we are definitely at a point now where Google can stand toe to toe with any other office productivity software suite out there. So for sure, and good example of like, how do you iterate towards it? So let's let's use that to spin into our last kind of discussion point, which is the big windows, right? So so Microsoft has really spent a lot of time, money, and energy this year, kind of not just moving cloud forward in the federal government, but I think what's interesting from my perspective is talking about the governance pieces, right? They have spent more time and energy than I think almost anybody else saying, look at all the products that we have fed ramped as an example, look at all the products we have under ATO, look at all the products we have that meet your governance criteria. So what's really interesting to me is where you have AWS, who's a technology leader, we have Google cloud platform who very good observation really exemplifies agile, right? You also have Microsoft who's coming to the table and saying, we have our product suite and it is certified for you, right? It may not be as leading edge as Amazon. It may not be as robust as Google, 
but it definitely is certified. So I think the question for you is, and this is an interesting conversation, right? Does that matter? Of course it matters. I mean, let's go back to one of our previous podcasts. We were talking about procurement, right? And one of the points I was making is, you know, I think if you're doing procurement as an IT shop, you need to be making sure that you're focusing on your customers and your mission that you're actually delivering IT to support, right? The business value. And I think that's what uh, Microsoft's doing really well right here, right? They are looking at their customer. It's the federal government. It's the Department of uh, Defense, um, compliance, regulation, FedRAMP. Those are all very important things to their potential customers. So they're coming to the table with something that their customers view as valuable. And even though Google perhaps arguably might have better technology behind the scenes, if they're not coming forward and selling um, what value they actually deliver to their customers, then then that's going to be their loss in, in this competition. And I, I think the government's smart to go with a, an organization like Microsoft and Azure who's saying, look, we understand compliance, regulation, these things are critically important to you, and we're going to work very hard to deliver them. So I, I think it's a smart play by Microsoft, and I think the customers are doing the right thing and looking out for their, their interests, right? Yeah, it certainly seems to be paying off for Microsoft over the past year, especially. We've seen some, some pretty big announcements, some pretty big wins kind of come their way. Yeah. So I never thought I'd root for Microsoft, but, <laughs> but, but, but I'm happy to see them doing well. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I, yeah, I think there's a whole kind of conversation about what, what's such an Adele has done there and how Microsoft's turned around. We, we can, we can absolutely have that conversation there. The Microsoft, Microsoft does more with open source than almost anybody else now. And that's not, and may actually be true now that they own GitHub. That helps. It helps a little bit. It helps probably a lot, but yeah. they've certainly have done more to, to kind of advance open source within their own organization over the past three years than any time previous. So I'm happy to see that. So one last question, 30 seconds or less. So we've talked about the bigs, right? The really big providers that, that shift internet traffic with when they bring data centers online. What do you think is going to happen with the mid-tier providers, right? The, the folks like, um, Oh shoot, Rackspace or OVH or you know any number of these other mid-tier providers who probably want to continue selling to the government, but increasing compliance and regulation requirements are making it a challenge. What do you think that's going to look like? Uh, it's a it's a very interesting question. Um, I have a friend who works in the policy department over at Facebook, and and she spends a lot of time traveling to the East Coast to defend Facebook's. Uh, practices, um, which are very similar, right? These are very large companies with a lot of resources. Uh, there's not a lot of room for mid-tier providers. And when the mid-tier provider gets some traction or creates a product that they want, they buy them up. So I think, you know, we, we need to be looking at that as, as a country and how we're going to regulate some of these larger companies, because I think they are going to start um, squelching some of the mid-tier providers. Interesting. Okay. All right. So that's all the time we've gotten for this session. Thanks for coming in, Adam. Yeah, my pleasure, John. Great yeah. talking to you. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side, all right? All Have right. a great day. Bye, everyone.